Welcome into Between the Pylons. I'm John Camacho. And this is Jacob Watts. And this is definitely not the third time we tried to start this pod and have to cut and restart over again. Uh, here we are. First try. Guys, football is back. We are going to be talking about everything that went down in week one, but that's impossible. We're just going to be talking about what we think we know, what we know, and what we still don't know. We don't have a really good name for the segment, but uh, I think it'll be some interesting conversations kind of bouncing around the NFL talking about, you know, what week one, what's real, what's fake. Week one is always really hard mm-hmm. to, to decipher as far as how the rest of the season goes. It's certainly, certainly going to be interesting. Um, moving forward from that, we will be talking about our fantasy starts of the week. We will be talking about our our best bets of the week on BovadaSportsbook.com. Uh, we'll be talking about the the bets that we like the most. Did pretty good last week, so it'll be it'll be fun to to touch on that again. And then we'll close it out as always with our final thoughts, um, guys. Let's get right into it with the what we know. What do we know about the 2021 season after just one game? I'm gonna let you go first here. That the Los Angeles Rams are a damn contender. They are a good team built top to bottom. I think they can show up and show out. And they, listen, let's give credit. The Bears have a good defense overall. Mm -hmm. They demolished them. Yes, I know the score might have been a little closer for a minute there from what it was. Stafford was elite. He is able to take the top off of any defense. The, the, The arm talent that he was able to showcase, oh my gosh, I was just sitting there the whole time just... I, I, I was just having a good time watching that game. It's electric. It's it's fun to see. They are a good show. And to think that, yes, I think that they can stack up against the Chiefs. I think they can stack up against the Bills, the Packers, the Saints. All of those teams out there, the 49ers, the Bucks, whoever you want to throw at them good team-wise, I think it's going to be a good game. I really do. Imagine if Stafford was there when they went to the Super Bowl last time. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah, I mean, it just that Todd, might be a week one overreact, but I saw enough. Todd, Todd Gurley would be a would be a uh, Super Bowl winner. Like, there's so many guys. On, I mean, Aaron Donald. I mean, w- would be a Super Bowl yeah. winner. And like the guy, there's guys on this team that deserve to be Super Bowl winners at this point. Very much rooting for for the Rams as a as a team. I mean, I think Stafford absolutely deserves it. So yeah, I absolutely agree. Listen, I, I could have said this before week one that I know it, but it, exactly. it, it's nice for the confirmation, say, yes. right? Uh, let's talk about something that yeah, I was not certain about coming into week one something that I was certainly uh you know skeptical on what was Dak Prescott going to look like after one you know after having the this surgery having the issue with his shoulder had you know so you have the ankle you have the shoulder you had I mean that shoulder was a baseball injury so we really didn't know what to expect Dak is back and I and I know. Listen, this this uh, pod is coming out Tuesday. That game played last week on a Thursday, so I know we're a little bit late to the party on this. But I, I, listen, I don't care. I, I, this is their chance to talk about it, and I want to talk about it. Dak Prescott had an absolutely remarkable game uh, against the Buccaneers. And regardless of how good this full team is, because I do still have a lot of questions about that defense, I still have a lot of questions about that offensive line. There are issues on that football team that are going to keep maybe the the Cowboys out of a serious Super Bowl contention, short of just Dak Prescott taking over the entire team and putting on their back for for 18 games, 19 games, however long it is nowadays. Um, But at the end of the day, Dak Prescott... You know, we we really need to start talking about him as an elite quarterback in this NFL, as a top five, top six type of guy in this league. Uh, it's something that I I know we have hesitated to to give him that type of uh, love. I'm I'm week one overreaction, but I'm ready to do it. I'm, I'm ready. I'm already there. He deserves his love. He yeah. does. To think that he was able to come back in all of this adversity, all of the injuries, with the new shoulder thing that was lingering. That who knows how far that could have taken him away. They were confident enough in him to give him over 60 dropbacks. 
60 times he was out there throwing the ball, mm -hmm. and it was efficient. It was great from top to bottom. I was very impressed with the Dallas Cowboys offense as a whole. And I, I think that as far as Dak can take them, yes, they are limited when it comes to overall Super Bowl expectations, mm -hmm. but you know that you got you got your quarterback there, and people do need to start talking about him as if he is in a top five. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I think uh, right there, if I if we edited these podcasts at all, right there I would cut out and go back to the clip of you talking shit about Dak like three years ago. Listen, I'll give you that. It was, it was three years ago. I got heated because somebody, you, uh, had mentioned that Dak and Josh Allen, that Dak was better than Josh, and it, it set me off, you know? So instead of... Instead of the whole iron sharpens iron, both can be good thing, I said Josh is good and Dak isn't. So I was wrong. I don't even think that was three years ago. I think that was, I don't know how long ago that ago. was. It was, ago, it was whatever the year was. before Josh Allen had the step. Yeah. Because I was, I was still with Josh Allen. I'm not giving up on that man. And then go figure, Dak came out and got hurt. And it was like, told you. But no, I didn't. <laughs> not Dak, really. Dak, is, Dak is truly elite. Yes. It's, and honestly, he is becoming one of my favorite players to watch. He's a lot of fun. He really is a lot of fun. Uh, let, let's move on. Let's move on to what we think we know. What, what we're not sure of, but we certainly saw signs of in week one. And I, I'll go first here just to, just to break your little heart. I I think I think we know what the Vikings are. Mm. The Vikings are who we thought they were. At least I think mm. I think the Vikings are who we thought they were. Um, we came into this season. I, at least I know I did. I, I won't speak for you. I'm a realist. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I came into this season thinking it was going to be bad. I thought this was going to be Zimmer's last year. I know we clipped that out and put it on uh, TikTok and got a little bit of uh, following. And I, I know you didn't even think it was a hot take. I certainly thought it was going to be uh, you know a uh, surprise. But yeah, the, we came out the defense not good. The offensive line not good. Uh, Kirk Cousins really not able to create outside of the script, right? That's just not really what Kirk Cousins is. And it, and it kind of gets frustrating, right? It gets frustrating when he's on a, a not great team and he's not able to elevate, especially against a Bengals football team. And I know, you know, they, they made it close and all these other things. But at the end of the day, they were they were beat for four quarters in that game. Now, I won't say four quarters, but they were they did not look like the better team facing the, the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's an unfortunate thing. Again, week one, overreaction, I get it. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm nervous. Okay, let me defend them, though. Okay. Let me defend them Let's a little bit. You know, because I, I am also a realist of a fan and went into this season with lower expectations than most Vikings fans out there mm -hmm. that I get attacked for sometimes. So I'll defend us just a little bit right here, though. Jamar Chase doesn't get that awesome connection pass between him and Joe Burrow. So, uh, what was it, like a 75-yard touchdown or something like that? Yeah, by the way, I do think Jamar Chase can catch now. Yeah, I'd like to stricken that from the record. A, he can see a football. <laughs> seems, like he can, yeah, seems like he's really finding those stripes now. He has in the first <laughs> half. He confused us, man. Uh, Dalvin fumbled in overtime. No one's talking about that. You know, there, there's a Listen, world here where we get away and we skate by and get this dub you and we're You weren't supposed to be in overtime against Cincinnati Bengals. And You're I don't. Right. And I don't care how this game ends. The second they went to overtime, this thought is, is like we're talking about this either way. Even if they win in overtime, we would be talking about this. I, know, I will say I that. I get that. But overall, at the end of the year, kind of record-wise, yeah. this is one of those that, yes, the Vikings really needed to grind this out because that is what builds your team going forward. They could be at the because, top of their division right now. Exactly. And now it's just kind of, yeah, it is weird to think the NFC North is 0-4 overall, isn't it? That's sad. It's, between it's scary, the, though. I'm sorry, but between no, the yeah. NFC North and the AFC East, one team won last last week, and it was only because they played another team in the AFC East. Go ahead and throw the uh, <laughs> AFC Dolphins. South in there, too. Oh, good. Yeah, good. There's, there's there. a lot of teams out there that's a 1-3 division, and then you have the NFC West powerhouse that is a 4-0. Wow. They are stacked, and I would say the uh, the AFC North as well is a 3-1. I believe, yeah, because the, the Ravens are the only yeah, team that lost. Yeah, they had a chance yeah. to have that one. Well, no, the too. the Browns lost too. 
Oh, they did, yeah. didn't they? Good yep. game, though. That Very was good, good game. One. Uh, I'm not panicking <laughs> about the Vikings overall, though. Yeah. I'm really not. We were able to get our, you know, use our weapons sometimes. Yes, this is not what I wanted to see happen. This is, I, I was hoping that we would come out and just absolutely destroy the Bengals and kind of show, hey, I think the Bengals are like here. They're a team that's looking to make that next step. We should be above them. Mm-hmm. With the amount of time and money that we've invested in this roster overall from top to bottom, we should be ahead of where the Cincinnati Bengals are in their rebuild. Mm-hmm. And we lost. Yeah. It's bad. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I'll, I'll let you go with your next point because I. Oh my bad, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You got no, me you're fired fine. up about my Vikings. <laughs> Quit. Um, for, so what we think, what I think we know. How do I say that? <laughs> uh, what we think, I think we. I don't. Yeah, Jameis <laughs> Winston is QB one. He came out and played a very efficient game, and the biggest thing for me was the overall growth of how he was as a passer. He would look at one. He would look at two. And old Jameis would just say, "Fuck it, I'm throwing to two and throw you, a pick." Did you hear what uh, what uh, what the coach was doing to make sure that Jameis wouldn't be throwing extra picks and like really? what it got him making smart? making sure that he's looking? Yeah, at his did check you down? hear what they were doing? No, uh, they were actually putting uh, crab legs in the ah, locker room, and, and it and it made him play a little bit better. Oh my god! And they actually, I actually think like all of the all the wide receivers and and Kamara because he's basically he's a really good pass yeah. catcher. Uh, they were actually having them like bathe with crab legs, and and that it really helped out Jameis's accuracy and. And decision making. That may might be the most uncomfortable and off-putting <laughs> joke I've heard all week. That's a bad one. I'm James, sorry. James and Crab Legs. <laughs> listen, James listen, did it, good. It's a bust. All right. They, I'm they sorry. 38 to three the Packers, and Jameis overall was efficient. He was a really good connection with the team, and threw for five touchdowns. And he set a record for throwing for five touchdowns with the least amount of yards that we've seen, and it was south of 200. I, like, I absolutely, I made I made a bad joke there. Fair enough. I absolutely agree with what you said. Jameis Winston looked awesome. Uh, we talked about it in our power ranking show, which you should check out on YouTube, by the way, between the pylons on YouTube, like and subscribe. Uh, but I, yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and and it's so interesting. You know, we have Dak and Jameis in here. You know, I don't know what the Bavada odds are, but who do you think wins Comeback Player of the Year? Jameis Winston coming coming back Man, and then Dak Prescott. Going at it. I'm gonna say Dak though. Yeah, it feels like he has the more the better opportunity. It's but because of Jameis the kills it. It's yeah. always, no Jameis. Jameis for what it is did great, but having the uh, the injury setback. Yeah, I think people find more. Yeah, it's it's more impressive. Yeah, overall. Jameis came off the bench. Yeah, yes, fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that, and that's that's a that's a really good point. Uh, let's move on. This is what we don't know anymore. There, this is what we still don't know. Uh, we're still unsure. And figured out though. Yeah, we're gonna find out one way or the other. Uh, and for me, listen, this might be something that that offends some Cardinals fans out there. I still am not sure if the Cardinals are good or not. Red C. I'm still not sure what to think about this Cardinals football team. Because listen, we we went into the season knowing like, okay, hey, the Cardinals are good on paper, and if they were in the right division, we felt like they'd be a a, a real contender for you know a, a wild card spot. But now eh, they got to play. They have six games on the on the schedule. All all automatically that we feel like they're going to be you know the Toss underdog it. in right. Yeah. I would say underdog. You know I, I don't think they're better than any of the other teams in their division. Every other team in that division should make the playoffs. Could it be four? It, it could. There's seven now, so it's possible. Still very, very unlikely considering the schedule you have to you have to go through. But yeah, obviously destroyed the Titans. Their defensive line looked good. You know, Chandler Jones got all the sacks and got all the love. But you know, you mentioned in our power rankings show how good JJ Watt looked coming, you know, obviously older guy getting less snaps, but still playing well against the run and all that. Uh, look, they looked awesome. Top to bottom, they looked awesome. Is this team still good? Like, or like, is this team a legit team that just happens to be in a really tough division, or is this a case of the, the Titans aren't that good as we kind of thought they would be going to be? 
I think it can be a little bit of both here. Okay. I, I do think that the Cardinals, I, I was at that game, fortunately, and I got to watch the whole thing, yeah. and I got to see how electric Kyler is. Yeah. How oh, yeah. how he's <laughs> able to extend, and we, we already knew that, of course, yeah. but he is able to extend plays that no one else, because I think the Titans had a very good defensive scheme up front mm-hmm. for keeping him contained, and he still was back there like Madden making guys look silly. Ridiculous, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, he's going to show up and do what he does. I was in the corner of the end zone where I got to see the toe-touch catch. Oh, really? He, yes, it, nice. was, it was awesome. He yeah. is very impressive. And the thing that they really stepped up and answered for me was the defense. Mm-hmm. The defense looks good. Isaiah Simmons went head-to-head with Derrick Henry a few times, and I think we know who won. It was mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons, especially heads up on the goal line. Mm-hmm. He knocked him straight down. You don't see guys do that. Not For Isaiah Simmons Derek, to actually yeah. pan out like that. Chandler Jones, you saw him doing the money the money celebration because he's ready to get paid. I think he was able to prove as to why he, he needs to be paid. He could legitimately break Michael Strahan's record. Yes, there's, uh, that's there's how you an, start. There's an extra game in the season. He just got five sacks to start the year. And, I mean, everything out of camp was saying that he was going to be awesome this year, that he was the best shape of his life, all that. Turns out that looks to be true. And Strahan had 22 and a half sacks uh, in, in 2001 for the Giants. Uh, and we're spotting he, him five with the extra game, technically. So he's, he yeah. has five going into a whole regular season now. Wow, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, he's a, he's a quarter of the way there, essentially. I mean, damn near a quarter yeah. of the way there. Yeah, he could legitimately break that record. The reason I'm worried about the Cardinals overall, and you, you said it with the division. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to navigate this division. You know, if you look yeah. at Bavada and how they're listing the odds, you have the 49ers and Rams at plus 200. Mm-hmm. You have the Seahawks at plus 350. And then you have the Cardinals at plus 500. Wow. The Cardinals, in being a very, very good team overall, I think the Cardinals can make a bad team look really bad, mm-hmm. and they can have toss-up games with good teams. But to still be fourth overall in your division, that's hard to stomach. It is. Oh, after sure. after a game like this, even seeing them do everything that we thought that they couldn't do against the Titans, where are they at in your division? They're still fourth, right? <laughs> I mean, tied, I mean for, tied for first, so yeah, fourth, whatever no, it is. No, I'm yeah. saying, but power rankings-wise, like if you, oh, were, if you yeah. were to look at it, and our power they're the fourth, they're the fourth yeah. best team in that division, yeah. even though they did everything they were supposed to do against the Titans. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think, I don't know if you mentioned it on the show or right after or right before, whenever it was, but you, you mentioned it, it's a damn shame. They they were at 15th last week. They moved up to 13th this week yeah. after trouncing the Titans. Titans fell 12 spots. and, and But the, there's just not much know. else you can do yet. Yeah. It's just not. It, there isn't. When you look at the power rings, I'll legitimately make an argument that the Cardinals weren't better than the other 12 teams on that on that list that were ahead of them. So, yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, I, I, that's a great point by you. I, I, I do absolutely agree, and that'll uh, that'll lead you into your next point. <laughs> Man, mine is something to do with one of the worst teams out there, yeah. and it is Urban Meyer the guy. Yeah, um, we have seen so much stories come out that he cannot handle losing. I, I read a report last week before this game was talking about how in preseason losing just affects him differently. He was interrupting his coaches. He was argumentative at times. He was taking over drills as to where they would get to do the drills. After losing, he would want full control over this. And at times where it's like, okay, that's good, but it does sound like he has a little bit too much of his hand in this and to where the results, you're you're not getting to yield that crop from this good team right now. Mm -hmm. They look rough. And now there's already reports about his health. I saw someone say today that his health is taking a severe setback, and that's exactly how he got out of Florida. That's exactly how he was able to leave Ohio State. And now USC, by the way, just fired their coach. 
and they're saying that if there's ever a job that he would jump right back into the game, the college game, would be USC. So the whole point, why are we having this talk after one loss in week one? There are already talks about Urban Meyer leaving, Urban Meyer being fired, this whole thing not working. Is this an overreaction? Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? I don't know. Overreaction that we're talking about firing a coach that's had one NFL game, uh, you know, and I think that would be an overreaction, no matter who who it was. Of you course. know, obviously, listen, I, I, you know, we know the record for Urban Meyer, but we also know, you know, it, it does does seem like a trend is a little bit for him trying to leave. And I do think if he left the team, it would be because of health, one way or the other. Even if he pulled a Nick Saban and went back to the college ranks, just like uh, Saban did to the Dolphins, uh, from the Dolphins to uh, Alabama, too, uh, yeah, he he set us back five years i would say three to five years well however you want to say it but i mean he he went in blew us up for a year and then left uh left the pieces for somebody else to clean up and you know we're still trying to clean that up yeah. um so yeah it, it will be interesting you you hope not for a uh for a trevor lawrence who i i think i think there's a, le- a legitimate argument that if urban meyer wasn't the head coach then trevor lawrence may have considered you know pulling an eli and I, I know we're kind of going off topic here because I actually have one other thing about Urban Meyer that I want to mention. But first this, I think that was a real thing. I, I really do. I believe that there's a real chance that, that Trevor Lawrence would have done it. Obviously, there was conversations about Joe Burrow doing it the year before. Yeah. And he tore his, he, you know, he got his, his ass beat for the, uh, for the Bengals. And he, you know, paid the price a little bit with that injury uh, because he went to a really bad team with a really bad infrastructure. You know, it, it would not surprise me if Lawrence was looking at all that and saying, Ah, let's maybe not do that. And then obviously Urban Meyer goes there. Urban Meyer seems like a big name. Seems like yeah, everything's going to go in the right direction. Like, hey, this is of work. course, of course. So yeah, I think there, there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think it would be a huge setback for Trevor Lawrence. I would be very disappointed uh, from that respect. But at the end of the day, yeah, I don't know what to think about Urban Meyer. This team, I, I don't know what to expect. You mentioned U- USC. Would Eric, I saw a report that Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. would be interested in that job as well. Eric Bieniemy is notorious for at least for on the Between the Pylons show, and I think pretty much everywhere else, being the coach that we pretty much connect to every single coaching job. You He's know, we, we don't know anything, yeah. but we have a top candidate in our little heads, and we think Eric Bieniemy absolutely deserves to be a head coach somewhere. I know he gets to coach Patrick Mahomes and all these other things. To me, he's proven enough times that he deserves a shot somewhere else. Uh, he would he be a top uh, candidate for USC? Would USC take Urban Meyer over an Airbnb? Enemy? Probably, yeah, I get that. Probably just, but would that be the right move? The resume, but overall, uh, Schefter put out a report right before we started this, yeah. in saying that the enemy would consider the USC job if there was any college job out there. That's mm-hmm. one of his top destinations. Yeah, I mean the two are linked. I think for Bienemy, of course, he would do the Chiefs the respectfulness enough of getting. Yeah, he wouldn't leave midseason. Exactly. Yeah. It's just weird to think that we're already hearing the stuff about Urban though, and we've only seen one game. Yeah. I, I don't know. They they went zero and three in preseason, right? I believe no. They I think they beat the Cowboys in, in week three. So they're able to get a win under their yeah. belt. I I don't know. It's just I definitely think it's an overreaction. The whole for point sure. I say what we still don't know though is yeah I, I don't know if Urban's going to stay. I don't know if he's prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it would be it would be interesting. It, it does feel like it would ruin his legacy, right? Like, w- wouldn't that be a, a huge stain on his legacy? And it I, I get it. Put a mark on it. Saban was able to get past his. Uh, yeah, St- Saban was, but Irvin doesn't have that much t- left in the tank as far as a college coach, right? Like, he's I not think gonna. Urban could keep going. Or, or you think Urban's a head coach? A head coach in twenty years? Possibly. 
I mean, how old is he now? I, th- I feel like Urban's I, like I 60, right? I don't know how old Urban is, but I know Saban's in his 70s and he's still going. Yeah, but he's, but he's been dog. there for he's he he was you know with the he was with the Dolphins in his in his 50s though. You know what I mean? I'm gonna look it up real quick. I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. He could absolutely get through Saban's it. Saban's been with Saban's been with Bama since like 09. I'm fairly certain. And they no, it's it's before that. I think yeah, it was, it was before. I think it was like six or seven. Yeah, because we had our our worst yeah, year was 07. So because it been he, 06 he left LSU in 04 ish. And then went to into the jump. Oh, oh Urban's fifty-seven. Urban's good to go. I'll take it back. Urban is good to go. Fair enough. I thought he, he was older. He is able to use this little blemish, if you will. The sad part is Nick though, is, is that we're already assuming it doesn't work. Yeah, no, that's crazy, right? That's ah, what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a there's a world where it was just a bad week one. They get everything going. Trevor is the guy, lives up to all the hype. Yeah. And Urban can make this Jacksonville Jaguars team look a lot better. And and let's be let's be real. Whether or not it works there or not, Urban has three years with the Jacksonville Jaguars, at least from if he wants. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Thing. If he leaves in the if if he is not there within the next three years, Urban left. And I don't care yeah. what excuse he gives. I'm sorry. Like, I don't believe that. I'm sure the health is, is certainly there. I don't believe he quit Florida for health when the team blew up at right afterwards. I, I, I wonder about Ohio State because Ohio State was still good after he left. So so that that's kind of an interesting one that I don't know for sure. But I, I don't know, man. It certainly feels a little a little fishy to me one way or the other. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there, man. Let, let's, let's move on. Let's get into our fantasy best plays. I was kind of trying to combine our, our second. Our fantasy play of the week. That's what it is. I'll let you go first with your first play, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about your your first guy here. My first guy, Aaron Jones. Yes. Um, The Green Bay Packers are going to play the Detroit Lions, and I know for some people out there, John especially, it was like, we got to do better than Aaron Jones. Like, Aaron Jones is a must-start no matter what. I'm going to sit here and argue, yes, of course, I think he is. He's my best play of the week, but I think that there's people out there after a four-point performance from Aaron Jones there was a lot of week one RB1 upsets. Zeke had a really, really bad time out there. Saquon had a really, really bad time out there. Aaron Jones had a really, really bad time. Mm-hmm. And when you, you know, so let's just assume you lost that fantasy matchup for having to rely on your RB1s. Can you do that going into week two? Do you start that, what, Elijah Mitchell play, or do you start the Tyson Williams play? Do you have that little sexy flex play what, to where you think it's not going to yeah, work what, out? Yeah, what if you're sitting there with Henderson on your bench? Exactly. It looks like an RB1 of a Rams team that looks to seem seems pretty good. And it's pretty much just a set floor. You know what you're yeah, going to get out of it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's certainly it's certainly a uh, a consideration. Um, yeah, I definitely I definitely did say, you know, Aaron Jones, that's kind of like a must-start type of guy. It, but against but Detroit, it's a get-right I, game. I, I, I do absolutely agree with the, with the thought of, after week one, your draft position doesn't matter. Okay, I don't care when you drafted Saquon Barkley. If he's not getting the touches, you know, and you have a Henderson, you know, make the move. That's you're what, doing. That's, that. I'm doing that this week. Yeah, so I'm, that's the example I'm using. I had a, a Saquon, and you know, I'm in another league where I got Saquon with my second round pick, middle of the second round. He just fell to me. But I didn't really have. I, I went wide receiver heavy after that because I went running back, running back. I don't have another running back to really play that I feel comfortable with, so I'm running with Saquon in that league. So, so you know, it's not like I'm completely out on him. But yeah, I'm going to take the the upside of a Henderson before Sonny Michelle really starts to get in there. You know, I think we got three weeks of knowing that Henderson is, you know, a good good start, right? I feel I yeah. feel confident in that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I will let you give your next uh, your next start of the week, and then I'll give my two back to back. Back to okay. backs. That's fine. My next one is going to be David Montgomery. David Montgomery. And the reason that it is is because he was able to show up against the Rams defense, who was the fourth overall team against the run. 
they are phenomenal against stopping that. They mm-hmm. have an amazing defense overall. He still was able to get over 100 yards total. Mm-hmm. He still was able to find the end zone, and he was targeted in the passing game a few times. That shows me against elite-level talent, the thing that I have always doubted against David Montgomery was not his own ability, but do the Bears and Matt Nagy trust him enough to use him in this scheme going forward? Our, David Montgomery is the move. RB1 yes. this year. Absolutely agree. I tried to get my hands on David Montgomery at every level. Could not get it to go. Um, very disappointed that I don't have him in any rosters. Who he they will, play this week, by uh, uh, The Bears. Yeah, you don't even care. You're, you're going for no, the David no, Montgomery I, no, love, I know right? They, they play the 23rd uh, rush defense overall. The Bengals. The, the Bengals. The Bengals, yeah. So that, that's a great one. That's one, you know, if you're on Bovada and you're wanting to bet overs, I would take the over. Uh, I know he was he was set at like 51 for last week. I don't know if it, it's it gonna go out yet. Uh, if it's if it's in the fifties, I'm taking the over. I think he gets into the sixties this week, uh, especially against a a game script plus matchup. So I, I really like that one as well. Uh, my first bet, and it's funny we're going all running backs, and I was thinking about switching it to a different wide receiver. Just if you did both running backs, but I'm not going to. I'm going two running backs as well. The first running back on my fantasy start of the week. Elijah Mitchell. Um, This is what happened, right? Uh, Everybody woke up this morning and saw that Trey Sermon was not only not play, like not only you know didn't get a lot of touches or wasn't going to get a lot of touches, which I think we knew coming into the week, he was inactive. He was a healthy scratch scratch in Week One. I just don't believe that he's going to go from being a healthy scratch to not you know not playing at all or anything like that. There's rumors. Look, there's a lot. I, I searched Twitter. I looked for every excuse I could find for Trey Sermon. I did find one guy saying, "Oh, I saw a report saying that he was uh, he was out past curfew and that's why he got punished." It, 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 the report actually said that it was him and, and Brandon Ayuk. That would make a lot of sense. It, ah. would, it would connect some dots why Brandon Ayuk got very minimal of uh, you know snaps in the game and zero targets. Right, he was he was pretty much relegated to a backup role. Yeah, it doesn't make sense when Brandon Ayuk has done nothing that we've seen on the field that would make you think he's anything other than a, a wide, receiver wide receiver one. one. Mm-hmm. Right, drafted in you know third, fourth round for most guys. So like, yeah, he's a, he's a guy that I feel like a lot of people are in love with. Um, he, you know, yeah, maybe Trey Sermon is the guy. He looked to be the RB two all season. I just have a feeling that Elijah Mitchell did enough. Elijah Mitchell is the type of running back that Shanahan has always gravitated towards. He's very similar to a um, to a Mostert. He's very similar to a Brita. He's very similar to a Jermichael Hasty, who who also got in there a little bit. I think Elijah Mitchell's the guy. I think he is your waiver wire find. I, I think he's all those things. He's going to be on everybody's waiver wire show and all that. Uh, but I wanted to mention him here as a legitimate. Like, don't just add him. If you don't have two legit running backs or if you don't have a legit flex option, Play I think I think he is an option. He's playing the Eagles this week. That scares me a, this about this much because, yeah, I, I know that the Eagles do have a really good front seven. I mentioned that on last week's show. But at the end of the day, I am good with the upside of Elijah Mitchell. I think that is a start. Uh, that's going to lead me into my next play. And these are, both of my running back starts of the week are on teams that I really try to avoid from a running back position because you just never know week to week. And I'm shooting my shot on both of them, and I am very, a little bit nervous because of that. Damian Harris gets to play the Jets this week. The New England Patriots, Damian Harris, had a fumble late in the game that cost the Patriots the game. Um, yeah, listen, there's a chance he gets punished for that, but at the end of the day, he was running over Dolphins players. He was the clear RB1 in week one, and it does seem to be like, like it just would not make any sense to me if he lost that job because of one fumble. Because guess what? Ramondre Stevenson, the backup that they drafted in the fourth round of, out of uh, Oklahoma, he fumbled too. 
So yeah. he lost the he lost the ball too. Dobbins had two fumble recoveries last week, and it, it is what it is as far as like the fumbles. And yeah, there's certainly some danger there. But at the end of the day, Damian Harris just feels he's a guy that you got. He he you if you drafted him, he is not starting for you. Like he you didn't draft him in a position where you needed to start him unless you just had some injury issues. He's or you a, went zero running back. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so he's a guy that I really, really believe in this week. Playing the Jets, going to get a lot of opportunity. I do believe the Patriots are going to be the better football team. But the Jets might have a chance. You know, Zach Wilson might, uh, you know, pull pull you know a horseshoe out of his ass or something and, and at least keep it close. I, I don't know exactly what to expect from that. But at the end of the day, they should win. They're favored by five and a half. And I do think Damian Harris, really good play this week. I, I'm a little tentative on him fumbling late and seeing if Bill yeah. says, hey, this is why you don't do that. It yeah. might pull him back. But like you but said, if though, you do that, he doesn't have a lot of options to go to. Yeah, also, like, look, and Ramondre Stevenson, yeah, he got punished too. But Damon Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are the two, like, legit running backs on your roster. And you're not trying to kill their confidence. Yeah, and it's not like Sonny, if Sonny Michelle was there, we wouldn't be talking about him yes. right now. I, I would definitely be, be switching. But it's White, who obviously, James White, he's going to have his role on that offense, but he's not the carry it 20 times a game or whatever no. it is type of back anymore. He's just not that guy. Uh, really, there's nobody else on that roster that you would think of. And if you're going to punish Harris for fumbling, you got to punish Ramondre Stevenson for two, fumbling too. And he's a rookie. So they can't uh, do that. The exactly. Yeah. They're so, going to stay uh, yeah. with the same attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's my thought process there. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. The fumble does scare me a little. I, I certainly agree with that. All right. Let's close the book on the week two fantasy football uh, best plays, whatever we want to call it. And let's get to our best bets. Uh, before we do that, let's talk about the week one best bets. In my opinion, the second hardest week to do best bets on because you have really no information that actually means anything because so much change changes week to week uh we'll talk about the good first uh, i hit two of my uh, bets uh yeah so so we'll throw that up there i was dead 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 wrong about the game script for the jaguars texans i thought it would be a low scoring kind of shit fest and it being a high scoring shit fest uh so just a little bit off there uh the other two i did hit on i I'm, I'm gonna pat myself on the back a little bit for the eagles take i know that was a little bit of a bold take a lot of people disagreed with that uh, but, I mean, I was not only right, I was really right. Eagles crushed that. There they was did. really no chance of losing that one. And then San Francisco 49ers, if you, if you bet the day the game started or that Saturday night, I'm sorry. Uh, you didn't win because they the line got up to nine, nine and a half some places. It's we got it at beat. seven and a half, all right? So that at the end of the day, you got to listen to when, when when the line's where we're at. We had it at seven and a half. It's a cover for us, so so we're get, I'm giving myself the win there. Uh, moving over to Jacobs, didn't get quite as lucky, although – Listen, I think you had one loss and one just kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, I was you know, I was absolutely wrong on the on the Buccaneers Cowboys game. You yeah. know that was an exciting game to watch though. I was assuming Thursday night these teams would come out a little bit slower. Tampa would rely on yeah. the run more. Same for Dallas. Wasn't the case. They were no. just slinging it about. So I was wrong for sure. Baltimore and Las Vegas. Going into that, I was feeling pretty confident about it at halftime. Mm-hmm. If you could give me the same bet, I would make the same bet right there at the half. Yeah. I was feeling good about the way that Baltimore was able to control the game. It kind of felt like, you know, Derek Carr was struggling at times. He was over-targeting Darren Waller for a minute there, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd take it. And it went to overtime. There was still a chance that I could have gotten away with that game in mm-hmm. overtime if a yeah. touchdown would have happened. It didn't. It's a loss. Um, I was able to get. I was able to take one with the Titans and Cardinals. So yeah, so you, you hit that, and you were absolutely right about that being a high scoring affair. Probably missed a little bit on how poorly the Titans would play, but yeah, you knew Cardinals it, were going to be able to do the that. Realm that it happened, but it did happen. It happened, and it happened the right way. So so yeah, a pretty good week. And listen, like I said, week one is the hardest, or excuse me, week one is the second hardest. Week two, absolutely the hardest because you're working on one week's worth of information. Very difficult. It will be very interesting to see uh, what we decide. I will let you go first with your first best bet. 
bet of the week? My first best bet, Bavada has it listed at 44.5 points for the Saints and the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And I think this, I love this line. I, I see these teams coming out and the Panthers trying to right the ship. I know it, so I'm assuming it's because they're thinking that the Saints' defense mm-hmm. is going to absolutely shut down what the Panthers have, considering they just did a 38-3 to against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Panthers are going to be able to come out, and as long as they're able to get to 14-ish, I think the Saints can cover the rest of the board for me. Really? So you, you see the Saints covering 40, uh, 40 or 31 points? Yes, yes. Yeah, so you think it's that kind of game. Listen, I, I actually really like that bet, and I think I'm going to follow you on it. I know, listen, we talked about your teaser last week, and after you re- I'm saying bare minimum, as long as the Panthers yeah. can get to 14-ish, I feel comfortable. Yeah, that. no, yeah. I absolutely agree. And I think listen, that's a certainty. I think, I think the Panthers are a really good offense. I really do. I, I think, you know, listen, they, they struggled a little bit against the Jets, but it's always good to struggle and still win. So, like, when you can come out of a game, obviously playing the Jets, I get it, didn't didn't look super crisp at times, but you saw enough of what that offense can be. And yeah, I think the defense played well. The Panthers defense is good. I mean, I'm sorry. Like I, I I think it's good. I don't care. I don't care that, you know, the jets are the jets or whatever. Zach Wilson's is still a good player. That offense, you know, they're still an NFL team and they pretty much shut them out until it didn't matter for the most part. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. So I, I do think the Panthers are actually going to be competitive. And I, I know I said the Panthers defense is good, but I'm saying like Saints offense obviously is going to be able to score on the Saints. It's Saints uh, or the Panthers uh, defense. Yeah, 44 is low. I think this could be a high-scoring game, and obviously it is a division matchup, so those are always a little bit weird. I would honestly like, man. I kind of think it's gonna be close. I don't. I don't think it's three. Yeah, that's what in in my head. The Saints are favored by three and out differently. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're talking 27-24, if we're talking both teams getting near the... I think there's a chance where both teams could get near the, the 30s. 30s. Yeah, I think I, I was going to say 31 and 27 cover, would be I'm covered by 15 to 20 points if that happens. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely I'm agree. 24 to 21 covers. I think that's a great bet. I really do. I'm honestly a little upset that I didn't see it because I would want to be talking about it and defending it. Uh, instead, you get to, but I, I definitely think that's a great bet. Uh, let's move over to my, my uh, favorite bet of the week. Uh, Thursday night, Washington minus three over the Giants. All right. Uh, yeah. That's listen. A good one. Uh, yeah. I think that's a. I think that's a slam dunk. I know that it's low because of Taylor Heineke, and I get that. But I really think Washington is going to. The, I think the Washington defense is going to get be way, way too much for the Giants. I think if you are in fantasy and Washington is on your or like the Washington defense is on the waiver wire, go pick them up because that defensive line is still good. I know the Chargers offensive line played really, really well, and they were actually kind of shut down that Washington defensive line, which I think that says a lot about uh, the Chargers as far as how good props they can be. Props to Rashawn Slater. He is ch- huge he was props. Chase Young proof in college and it translated to the NFL. Yes, he it shut did. him down. Yeah, no, absolutely huge props to that, but this Washington defense line still good. I'm yes. not ready to shut the book on that. We're talking about uh, the Giants here too. Yeah, exactly, and that Giants offensive line is the worst in the NFL. I, I can say that confidently. That's the worst offensive line in the NFL. That combination, not going to be pretty. I think Washington wins this by double digits. I, I feel really confident at three and a half. Honestly, I want to go three and a half and take the under at 40 and a half, but that just feels like a really, like, like it's tough to hit both of those bets sometimes, so I'm going to stay away from that and just be real happy with Washington minus three and a half. I am strongly considering putting a no touchdown bet on the New York Giants, and I am strongly considering putting a touchdown bet on the Washington defense. Wow. Yeah. I'm serious. I, I genuinely can a, see uh, that happening. Yeah, make and that a... if you a, were to uh, somehow parlay that stuff, listen, trust me, it's, it's very far-fetched, I know, but would it really surprise you if the Giants do not score a touchdown in this game? It wouldn't for me. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I'm trying to. I'm actually trying to look and see if you can do that right now. Well, it's it's up there. No touchdown scored at all. At the, uh, right there. 
And then where's the... God, that's that's how highly they're thinking about their... They're the fifth option on first touchdown on the Washington defense. That's not even not a touchdown to be scored in general. There, there's all these guys, too. Oh, they're in the fifth row. Like fifth row. <laughs> I was about to say that. That's close. It's I mean, I get what you're saying. if it was otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Pl- plus 1,800 on, on Bavada is still pretty good. It is. Um, I'm trying to look for the no touchdown for the uh, Giants, but I, it's my turn to give it. Oh, no, it's your turn to give a bet. So you give your bet, and I'm going to look for that. <laughs> um, my next one... Man, I should stay away from the Bucks, shouldn't I? Because I did a Bucks under last week. Yeah. I'm still going to do another one. This is the Falcons and Buccaneers under at 51 and a half. Yeah. I do not see the Falcons being able to come out and doing much of anything. They had a really, really bad time overall, and the Buccaneers' defense is one of the best in the league. And I see it being where the Buccaneers are going to do what I thought they were going to do week one. I stand by that they want to be not a run-first football team, mm-hmm. but they want to be a complementary offense from top to bottom mm-hmm. and not have Brady throw the ball 45 times a game like he was. He is very much capable of doing that. We saw the show of Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. And if A.B.'s back to where he looks like he's in Steelers form, NFL watch out because it can be scary. But I, they're going to get Rojo going. Bruce Arians already came out and said that he's going to be the starter for that game. You got Rojo, you got Fournette. If they're going to be able to take care of that and just keep it going forward, I like it. Yeah, look, I I, I absolutely agree with that. Falcons aren't scoring over twenty one. No way at all. Mm-hmm. I, that and that's my basis for that in the first place. There's no way. I don't even think they get past seventeen. I really don't. Yeah, no, I I, I get that a lot. Fifty one and a half. Yeah, no, I mean you're you're I, oh man. Look, okay, so I found the odds. Sorry, I'm 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 doing a different thing. But if you if you parlayed a Washington defensive score for the Giants to stay under 19 points and for no New York Giants touchdown to be scored, ten dollars wins you eight hundred and seventy seven dollars. And if no Giants touchdown is scored, of course they're, they're not getting to nineteen yeah. points. That's how many field goals would that be? So like that's kind of a give me. And obviously, you really just need the defense uh, to score a touchdown. Man. There's a world where they can take care of business against them. Oh, man. I mean, it'd be crazy. I'll do it. $10 to win damn near 900 I promise you guys, I will 100% do this. We're making that bet, and if it hits, we are going to post this everywhere. Yes. Um, All right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't listening to you at all, but I love that bet. Good, good, good. (laughs) I think that's the... Falcons Bucks under 51 and a half. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really good. I'm sorry. I'm just excited about that. I'm a gambler, guys. I I get excited when I see crazy shit like that and and think about the money. Um, All right. My next bet here is the 49ers and Eagles. And this is a really interesting one because you actually sent it to me last week. And I don't remember if you put it on on the the show. Did you put it on the pod? Okay. So you did mention on the pod it, you said hey bet on the 49ers to minus i think five and a half versus the eagles right now because that's how confident you were that the line was going to go up well the eagles crushed the atlanta falcons and the line didn't go up it went down the 49ers at minus three and a half versus the eagles take it to me that's a slam dunk listen i know hurts looked good and, and we can be excited about that honestly we could have talked about hurts and uh the what we think we know or what we still don't yes. know part of the pie that that's a whole other conversation that's i think would be a good one we'll probably talk about it next week I know that, you know, yeah, it kind of got close to Detroit. But, man, the game was over by the first half, and, and the 49ers were just, you know, they were just running. It, it was They were winning by 25 points with less than seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. I don't remember exactly where it was at, happened, but it was yeah. the end of the fourth quarter. And then, yeah, it, listen, you know, you, you saw Jared Goff do his best Blake Bortles impression and put up some points late and, you know, maybe helped your fantasy team out if for some reason you started Jared Goff. But, you know, that's, that's the extent of what we 
saw last week. Three and a half points is not good enough against an Eagles team that I'm sorry, beating the Falcons does not make you a legitimate team in this in this league yet. And I'm sorry, but the 49ers are there. They are a legitimate team in my opinion. Eagles are not too much to handle with, you know, you also have to game plan for Trey Lance and for Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's a whole added element there. Yeah, I'm going on Bavada and I'm betting that at minus three and a half. That's, that's another one of my favorite bets here. It does, sound, it does sound like a good one um, because, I, I mean, I mentioned it last week that if I thought that it was going to be one of my week two locks at five and a half, yeah. duh, I'd take it at three and a half. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles got a little overhyped after this game against the Falcons. I think so. Jalen Hurts did good. I think it says more about what the Falcons are not, though, than what the Eagles can be. The Eagles are going to be a good, formidable team. The 49ers are a great team. Mm-hmm. Great teams win and great teams cover. I think they're going to cover this one and take care of it. Absolutely Which gets agree. me to my last one about great teams cover. This is the Rams minus four versus the Colts. I know what the Rams are. I know what that defensive line is, and I have a lot of question marks about the Indianapolis Colts line, and not even to mention if the line holds up, what can Carson Wentz do? Mm-hmm. I think Wentz is good for a pick plus, for yeah. sure. Yeah. The Rams are going to be able to do anything that they want in that game, yeah. and I, I see no problem with them covering four. Yes, it gets a little hairy sometimes when you have a three-and-a-half or four-ish because of the field goal. Yeah. I don't see it being close. Yeah, listen, I, I agree with that. I really do. I, I think that that's a good bet, and uh, it kind of leads me into my next, next best bet, which I know we're not spending a lot of time on yours. I'm sorry. It's fine. But it's you said great teams cover. Yes. I think the Chiefs are a great team. I think the Chiefs are going to cover versus the Ravens at three and a half. Uh, again, this that's is the line that feels low to me. It, it just does. I, I, I get it's the Baltimore Ravens. But this is a team that has just been riddled with injuries. I know we can talk about the running backs and we can talk about Marcus Peters, but they had guys go down last week too. The or last night, excuse me. It's it's feeling like it's turning into one of those seasons for the Ravens, like the 49ers have had a, the past couple of years, where we know this is a good team, but like how can they? I mean, no team has this much depth, you know. Yeah. Uh, it feels like they're the injury bug team of the year, and you know I hate to say that because obviously Lamar Jackson can make any game close, but I think you know the Chiefs have had the Ravens numbers for a long time. I think this is a game where, you know, Ravens are going to be going back-to-back primetime games. And, and yeah, I, I do I do believe that, like, as long as the Chiefs can handle Lamar Jack and Jackson's throwing, which I do think they can handle because, you know, obviously you have to corral him. He's going to get his rushing yards, and he's going to have, you know, a couple dynamic plays every yeah. game. That's going to happen. You, you, you can chalk that up to definitely going to happen. But if you get the Ravens on third and six plus and you don't let Lamar Jackson out of the pocket – you know, it, it, good things can happen for the defense. That, that seems to be the case here, and that's why I'm expecting for the Chiefs. And then, obviously, I don't have to talk about the other side of the ball. I mean, Chiefs are the Chiefs. So, yeah. That, that's Man, I, I'm just looking for the one. Ravens. To have, like, I think it is a good bet because the Chiefs, like you said, are the Chiefs, and they can show up and they always take care of business. Yeah. But the Ravens should be throwing everything that they got. I think if there's a team that should be scared with all the injuries that happened, it would be this overtime loss to the Raiders after going 0-1. You don't want to go 0-2. Not in that division. You, you don't. Not in that division at all. You can get swept under the rug, and before you know it, you are just under the water. You can't breathe anymore. Yeah. They're going to try to do everything in their power to show, yes, maybe they lose this game, but they are going to keep it close so that they can pass the litmus test of can you compete against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. I like the bet overall, though. I do. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I, I have a teaser one. I would like to share, Let's by the way. Yeah, I, shared, I shared my teaser last week on the podcast, and guess what? My teaser won. I'm telling you, you want to make some money? Go get on this teaser right now. This is at plus 130 odds. And believe it or not, it has all of my bets and one of your bets. Really? That is literally four for four on our best bets that I nice. put a teaser with. We have the Washington football team plus six over the Giants. You're giving me six points with the with the with that over the Giants? I will take it. I have the Rams 
not at minus, like I said they would cover. I think they'll cover minus four. I have the Rams at plus five over the Colts on this teaser. I have the over for the Saints and Panthers at 35 and a half. And I have the under for the Falcons and Bucks. If there was ever an iffy one on my locks, I would say it's the under. I would The under now is at 60 and a half. Wow. So I have wow. Washington plus six, Rams plus five, over 35 and a half Saints, Panthers, under 60 and a half Falcons, Bucks at plus 130 money. Wow. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, I my like that one last week one. I'll take it. <laughs> By the way, can I just, uh, oh, I know what happened. I, I put another bet in. That's why. Um, I was like, I was looking at what the uh, the parlay changed odds. I added, a, I added a bet, so I was about to say, like, some odds, crazy odds change happened. So, no, yeah. I, I take it back. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, like, I love that bet a lot. And I, what I want to start doing, and, you know, I was just kind of looking at the bets while, you, while we were talking about this. Player props is my thing. I have the show come out every week. I, I'm a big fan of that stuff. Hopefully you're watching that show uh, that comes out on, on Thursday morning. Uh, but, you know. Player props really aren't out when we record this pod, but they usually are out for the Thursday night game. So I think, you know, I'm going to start doing that every week. I was just looking through it real quick. Taylor Heineke over 20 and 21 points. Is that crazy? Just, just over in our, 20, over 21, 21 rushing, rushing yards. yards. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I butchered that. But yeah, 21 rushing yards feels very reasonable for a running quarterback who's young and who, who you I would know. take the over. I would take the over with that for sure. I mean, yeah. one, of, one of the main things he was able to do with the Buccaneers that get in that playoff game that gave them a spark was using his mobility. Yeah, he and he definitely goes head first. He has no problems doing that. Nah. So he plays with his hair on fire. Yeah, I yeah, like that. absolutely. Uh, by the way, Antonio Gibson receiving yards is still at sixteen and a half. It was at fourteen and a half last week, I believe. He hit the over there pretty handedly. I would expect that to, to happen again at sixteen and a half. Antonio Gibson hitting the over and receiving yards. He he always gets like fifteen to twenty every week, like, and I get why it's at sixteen and a half because that's right at, yeah, right at that number. Yeah. But man, it just feels so consistent. He's almost guaranteed to have three or four, and he's so good in space. Uh, so yeah, that, that's another one. It seems like every week I'm betting that. Uh, but all right, hey, that that's it. That was a good little final thoughts. Anything else you want to talk about on this show before we close it out? I think I'm good. You're good. You mentioned a little Jalen Hurts, nothing like that. No, I mean we we I was we'll able to talk. On it. Yeah, I was able to touch on it just a little bit. I think we I think we got most of the stuff. All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much for watching. Please, all right, I'm gonna do a couple of plugs here. So if you if you guys really don't mind, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, go go on to the YouTube channel and, and like this video. Subscribe to the channel. We put out a lot of good stuff on that. Uh, you know, it just play. We have the prop bet show. We have the uh, we have the the power ranking show. I usually do some kind of a video that comes out on a Monday or Tuesday that's about, you know, the game, something along those lines. So constant content, football content. So if you're interested in that, please subscribe. I also want to thank uh, Underdogs uh, Podcast Network for hosting us. We really appreciate that. Uh, check out the TikTok. Uh, Between the Pylons on TikTok has been blowing up lately. Yes. We're really excited about that. Jacob uh, runs that show, and he's been doing an amazing job. Got some good memes in there. Got some good good cuts from the pod. You know, some of our best moments. All that good stuff is on there. So so hit us up with all that stuff. We really appreciate you. We're going we're gonna to hop off here right now. Thank you so much for watching. Peace. Seven.